Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Plays in Action. Uh, this week 13, Labor Day weekend, classic game, uh, slate of football this weekend. Um, ben and I definitely have prepared uh, some things to go over for you guys for this upcoming long weekend. Uh, hopefully there's some value. Hopefully you guys will win some money. But before we dive into all that, my friend Ben, how are you this evening? From the sound of it, it sounded like you were just going to say, yeah, and Ben and I have definitely prepared and just leave it at that because yeah, it feels <laughs> definitely, definitely we prepared ahead of time for this show. I, I don't know. It feels silly preparing ahead of time for CFL slates to some extent now. It's just... <laughs> So much chaos. We cheered for chaos at the end of the last episode, and man, like, yeah. we got it. So, Ugh. hooray chaos, yeah. right? When you have yeah. no quarterbacks, <laughs> when you have no quarterbacks, you have chaos. And, well, it, that's what we'll get, right? Like you said, it's the Labor Day classic matchups. And it's the funny thing about this weekend that I'm excited for Labor Day football because it's nice to watch two games on Monday. I'm excited mm-hmm. to go to the Bombers at Riders on Sunday afternoon. These are all good. But as a yeah. DraftKings slate, like this is so gross. Like it's, <laughs> I'm vomiting green and white. It's uh, <laughs> it's a bad slate for football in many ways. Like the fact that CFL is contractually obligated to have Friday night football. So they have the one game, then a day off, one on Sunday and then two on Monday. We will have seen depth charts from two teams before the slate locks tomorrow evening or Friday evening, yeah. as it were, depending on when you're listening, which is like, yeah. it's tough. So I think if you're playing this weekend, whatever it might happen to be, be prepared to late swap a whole lot of lineups because yeah. there will be more than likely injury news from Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Hamilton, Edmonton, Calgary. They're probably, well, we'll get into it a little bit later on, but all of them have question marks on guys going into the weekend that could very yeah. well change a lot of what you want to do with it. So there is some edge to it because a lot of mm-hmm. people won't change lineups later, but there is some annoyance to it in that you only have 14 lineups that you can build at max for the Maple Leaf on DraftKings, and yet you're going to have to pay attention for four full days to be able to get through this kind of egregiously long slate. But yeah. there's hope that ne- as of next week, there are 24-hour slates for the rest of the season. Start oh, on really? Friday. Yeah, start on Friday, end by the end of Saturday for the rest on Saturday. Oh, three. wow. Yeah. So like the, the hard grind of the first half of the season ends on Labor Day weekend with a gross four games, four games and five days kind of slate. But from here on out, it starts and finishes in 24 hours. So there, there's hope on the horizon. Yeah. Oh, do you remember a, a year ago when we were like, there's four games and then a game on Monday and then a Wednesday game? and Yeah. That yeah. was disgusting last year. When you <laughs> Tuesday afternoon games in Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Four PM. And I know you were, you were And I know you were talking about it on Twitter earlier this week about how like yes, we understand, you know, trying to organize all these teams and schedules and stadium bookings and stuff has to be a colossal feat. I get that. Unbelievably difficult. Like, yeah, totally. But I remember I feel like when we were younger like the Riders and Bombers, because we both grew up in Regina, like that 
that matchup didn't happen until the Labor Day Classic. So it was this huge buildup all season until, you know, Labor Day Classic. And now we look at Toronto and Hamilton. Um, I feel like we can just hit, you know, control C, control V, uh, because we've seen this matchup 1,400 times already this season. I heard Bill Murray will be doing play-by-play for the game, (laughs) right? Waking up at 6.30 on his alarm clock to I Got You, Babe, every week for the last month and a half with four games in five weeks. And my favorite thing is, after their four games in five weeks between Toronto and Hamilton, then Toronto plays two versus Ottawa. And uh, in between the two games between Hamilton and the two games between Hamilton, they played Calgary. And after the two Ottawa games, they play Calgary again. So they will have faced three teams in eight weeks. (laughs) Right? Like, it's... It it is what it is. But... Yeah. Some of it I know is cost saving. Some of it is this, that, and the other thing. But it, it does make yeah. the game and the league that we love look a little bush league at times when you get that kind of stuff going on. Just because I, I can't tell you how sick I am of watching Toronto and Hamilton. <laughs> it what a yeah what a gong yeah. show. Anyways, yeah, we'll dive into all that for sure. So, uh, well, before we get into uh, to all of this, once again, thanks very much for listening. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button for us. Uh, and rate it, uh, give us all the ratings, uh, the high ratings that you can. So um, all the CFL fans out there who are looking for something to listen to will find this show. Um, and uh, once again, we do want to thank Prize Picks, our, our, our great sponsor. Uh, unfortunately, you won't find any CFL Prize Picks on there uh, moving forward this season. Uh, college football in the U.S. is starting and NFL is a week away. So obviously they're going to devote their resources to that, which we totally understand and respect. Uh, but yet, uh, if you want to go over and, and make some of those college football games a little more exciting or NFL games a little more exciting, you can do that over at Prize Picks. Uh, and Ben would love to tell you more about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the site that makes fantasy sports simple. You just pick over unders on two to five players on individual stats or fantasy scores from more sports than you can count and win cash. Right now, if you sign up with promo code Ben Yamen, that's B E N Y A M E N, you can get a 100% bonus on your first deposit and help support the show. That's Prize Picks, daily fantasy made easy. So, as. As you said, Ben, this week 13 starts off with the Ottawa in Montreal Friday night at 5.30. Well, Mountain Time, sorry. Uh, starts Friday evening. Uh, then we can watch some college football on Saturday. Uh, then Sunday, we got the two Labor Day Classics, Winnipeg in Regina. Then, uh, oh, pardon me, the first game is Toronto and Hamilton. Then it's Winnipeg in Regina. And then on Monday, Battle of Alberta, Empton goes down the QE2 to Calgary. Uh, to face the Stampeders there. Um, taking a look at some of the betting lines for this week. Um, Montreal, so all the, I believe all the home teams are favored other than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Montreal is favored minus four with over under about 49. Uh, Winnipeg uh, is the road favorites uh, with an over under of 44 and a half. That's the lowest over under for the week. Uh, and then uh, Hamilton is the slight favorite at minus one with a 49 and a half over under. And then Calgary, not surprisingly, is the, the home favorite uh, currently minus 12 and a half uh, with an over under of 49.5. Uh, 
Uh, and Ben, you and I were chatting, you know, before we started recording. Uh, like that 12 and a half, like feels like the Stamps could win by four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Like double it to 25 and it would still be bettable. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, which is no one would crazy. be shocked if Calgary won 50 to seven. Right? Like it wouldn't yeah. be, nobody would be like, where'd that come from? Like, yeah, we can get into the stats a little bit more later that Calgary's only scored 21 touchdowns this season, but like, yeah. you can lay that debacle at the feet of Bo Levi Nichols and walk away slowly in many ways. Like, Meyer had three touchdowns in the first game versus the best defense in the league in Winnipeg. I don't think they'll have problems scoring against the worst defense in the league in Edmonton. Edmonton has now given up 38 touchdowns on the season. 38. Oh. And which way are we going? We're going higher because they <laughs> traded away all their defense this week in the process, yeah. right? Whatever talent was left on that defense, it got traded away. And the only yeah. talented player they had left on offense, Kenny Lawler, probably out four to six weeks. So, yeah, yeah if you are betting, I, I'm well known in saying double digit points is a lot of points in professional football. Yes. But... When you are playing a farm system team like the Elks at this point, double digit points is not a whole lot of points to take, right? So, yeah, yeah. as I've looked through them, Calgary 12 and a half, strangely enough, is probably the one that I feel most comfortable with out of all four yeah. games. And that's kind of a ridiculous thing to think about. Yeah, because back in week five, uh, these two teams faced each other. And yes, I understand lots of personnel can change, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Still, the Stampeders won that 49 49- Two six. 49 yep. to six. So, yeah, that one's kind of gross. Uh, I think the, you know, the, so we really like the, that minus 12 and a half. We still think that one's comfortable. Um, I Bombers, minus three and a half, you know, with versing a kind of banged up Rough Riders. I think that's still a pretty comfortable number, that three and a half. On principle, uh, I refuse to bet on that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I refuse to sit in that stadium and attend and cheer for a Winnipeg cover. No, I can't do it. Like my, uh, I will tell the listeners that, yeah, Winnipeg's probably going to cover three and a half. That's probably a pretty safe number. I don't have any confidence that Saskatchewan fixed anything out there in BC versus a workless Lions team. That really didn't yeah. prove much of anything to me. Um, yeah, come and beat Winnipeg, kids. Good luck. So... Yeah, Winnipeg yeah. minus three and a half also seems to be a pretty easy cover in my mind on that one. Here's a total random question. Ben, have, have you ever bet on a game where, say you, you're team A, you love with your heart, but you'll bet on team B because then at the end you'll be happy either way? Yeah, I do it all the time on Rough Rider games. <laughs> regularly. Like regularly. Regularly when I'm going to Mosaic Stadium, I have a bet on the visiting team because then no matter what, I get something out of the activity, right? Either I yeah. make money or the home team wins. And if I could pay money to have the home team win, I'd gladly do it. So there we go, right? Like it's a no-lose situation in some ways. But for the Labor Day Classic, no, I can't do it. I'm yeah. Forget it. I'll just let other people take that money. I'm not interested in having it. There'd be yeah. blood on my hands in many ways. And I, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, the Montreal minus four at home against the Red Blacks. Like, come on, people. This is the Red Blacks. Like, yeah. minus Again, four is a pretty comfortable number. Who's, who's going to score? Right? Yeah. 
Uh, we'll get into Arbuckle later too, but like as I said last week, I was still an Arbuckle believer. I thought that that yeah. seven-week stretch in Calgary, given the receiving core he's got in Ottawa, given the opportunity to start without anyone behind him, like I was an Arbuckle believer. He's dead to me now. Like, forget <laughs> it. He, he's done. I have no interest, and I don't even blame him completely, but when you watch that Ottawa team play football, they have no interest in winning games with Lapolice as their head coach. And they have no yeah. business winning games with Lapolice as their head coach. He's like, there's a reason that he didn't get hired by any other team that interviewed him over the years. It's just become yeah. dreadfully apparent he has no idea what he's doing with that ship out there because they've got all the talent in the world at receiver on offense. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with their running backs. They should be able to make things happen. If you can't score 20 points versus Edmonton, shut down the franchise, right? Like fire everybody, <laughs> move on, just try over again because what you're doing is broken. And yeah. uh, that's kind of where they wound up last week. So yeah, he had his shot versus Edmonton to prove and make me a continued believer and make me look smart. I lost a bunch of money on Arbuckle last week. Never again. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, well, you don't get fooled again, right? So yeah. yeah <laughs> something like that. I, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, no, I think Montreal minus four and a half is a pretty safe number. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of pieces on that Montreal offense that'll be interesting in the game. Yeah, I think the only game that's kind of interesting is the the Hamilton minus one at home. I like Hamilton at home. I feel like they're, they're kind of one of these teams that plays, like they're two different teams on the, at home versus on the road. Well, Toronto's so, the same I'd, way, right? Toronto wins all its games yeah. at home and they suck on the road. Hamilton yeah. tends to be exactly the same. And it's funny. Yeah. It's probably going to be the closest game, according to the lines, and really just by the eye test. It's probably the one I yeah. have the least interest in actually watching any <laughs> of, right? Like Again, we said, yeah. fourth time in five weeks. Now shut it down. I'm not interested. We'll see you later. So, yeah, good luck yeah. to them getting TV ratings. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But, um, yeah, and even all these over-under numbers, like – Man, I feel like the season's kind of been all over the board. Uh, I feel like I'm just more this week. I'm I'm probably gonna round robin all the favorites and um, kind of take it from there. Is is gonna be my approach for this weekend? Yep. Um, weather wise for the four games this weekend, I think everything looks warm, dry, and calm. I think, looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, great weekend for football, actually. So yeah, I think is it still the, smoking hot in Regina? Yeah, it was 37 today. I think. And it's supposed yeah, to be yeah, kind of into the 20s somewhere on Sunday. I think most of the games are kind of mid to high 20s for game day. And yeah. yeah, not a cloud in the sky, no weather, no wind. It'll be a beautiful weekend for football. Hopefully the games match up with the weather. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's jump over to DraftKings. Let's start building some lineups. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully there'll be a little less chaos, a little less struggling uh, this week be. with the DraftKings. It'll <laughs> oh. be worse. It'll be worse. Oh. There's bad uh, news. And 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 why do you say that, Ben? Like from a macro perspective, why from is this a macro be a rough perspective, week? I think probably uh, it it wouldn't be surprising to me to leave fifteen thousand dollars on the table given the salary structure this week. Uh, really, the best player at every position is probably going to be in that six to $7,000 range. And there's guys at every position that are two to $4,000 that are excellent values. So 
without a high-powered offense like BC to drive salaries into lineups, there's really nobody left worth paying for. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there will be edge to be had this week if you're willing to eat $15,000 and not feel bad about it. And from experience, hmm. those are often the slates that you have the most edge on because average Joe, who's kind of sitting at the kitchen table on Friday night after supper, building his lineups for the weekend, um, he's going to want to use every penny or he thinks that he's wasting money, right? It's just yeah. not the case. There's a, there is a good case to be made for leaving a lot of money on the table this weekend as we go through these positions. Yeah. Well, let's start at the quarterback position. Obviously, uh, with, well, first of all, BC is not playing. Um, Rourke is injured. Uh, you know, obviously no Vernon, Vernon Adams to kind of, you know, take the spotlight with regards to quarterbacks this week. Who do you even like at the quarterback position? I don't like anybody at the quarterback position, Jared. <laughs> and neither should you. But it doesn't change the fact we have to use some of them. So as oh, is the story yeah. with a workless CFL, there's no quarterback that's particularly interesting. And all of them are capable of 25 points or 2.5 points. And you really couldn't complain about the result because they're all within the expected range yeah. of outcomes for them. So seven of the top eight quarterbacks project within three points of each other on the slate. With the list going from Cornelius, Dane, Meyer, Harris, Caleros, Fajardo, and Arbuckle. And then you've got poor Macbeth, who's three or four points below that yet. So hmm. the hilarious thing happens after Macbeth where there are two backup quarterbacks who project within a point of Macbeth because they <laughs> score two or three embarrassing touchdowns a game. And one of them yeah. is actually a starting slot back for Edmonton because what, <laughs> what a very Edmonton thing to do. So what do you do <laughs> yeah. really, right? So I think my yeah. player pool is likely just going to consist of Meyer and Trevor Harris this week. Um, Cornelius mm -hmm. is the top projected quarterback, with but a 9K salary in Cornelius doesn't interest me a lot, especially with Kenny Lawler out. Like Half of Cornelius' yeah. passing yards last week were just throwing jump balls to Lawler, and he's talented enough to turn them into catches. There's nobody left to throw to in Edmonton, right? They're yeah. done. So, yeah, I think I am happy passing on Cornelius and letting other people try and chase his rushing touchdowns, which might go to Loxley anyways. Um, second in the projections is Dane, but Dane is Dane. Forget that mess. Hmm. I'm never going back there again. <laughs> I'm willing to die on that sword. If it should stab me, that's fine. Dane's terrible. And uh, whether you're Marshall Ferguson or any of the other guys defending him on Twitter, like, good luck, guys. You're brilliant, but this is a blind spot. Dane is awful. Um, so that yeah. leaves us down to Meyer season that is upon us. And he started it with a simple 294 yards and three touchdowns versus the best defense in the league last week. <laughs> I, I don't know what more you want from the guy, right? So Absolutely. now Meyer gets the far and away worst defense in the league as Edmonton allows the most yards per attempt at 9.39 while allowing, as we said, 38 total touchdowns so far this year, 18 through the air and 20 on the ground. So Meyer is only $7,000. He winds up being the best value. Um, I think 99% of my lineups are probably going into Meyer season this week. I don't see too mm. many reasons to go elsewhere at this point. Um, the knock on yeah. Calgary, as we mentioned, is they've scored only 21 total TDs to this point in the season, 
but I find it pretty easy to just blame that on Bo Levi Nichols and bump the Calgary rates up across the board. So through the projections, yeah. none of the Calgary players look amazing, but if you give them kind of a 10, 15% bump in keeping with a quarterback who's 50% better, then you get a little bit more Calgary in lineup. So I think Meyer is probably actually the clear top quarterback on the slate, given his talent, the wide receivers he's got to work with, and as we mentioned, the amazing matchup that they get with the Elks. Um, Henry mm-hmm. seems to have taken over as the top wide receiver there pretty clearly, and he has a great rapport with yep. Meyer right from the get-go. Bagel Town will still be unowned. He is sitting there at 9K still, despite not having a decent game yet this season. Given his salary, he's going to be low single digits owned, and it is versus Edmonton, and Meyer is capable I think uh, Henry Bageltown double stacks are pretty interesting. Kamar Jordan, unfortunately, might be dead. Uh, we'll probably have to send Danny <laughs> Austin to go check on it. And it may just be his ghost <laughs> wandering up and down the sidelines because the ball just seems to sail straight through him at this point. Uh, it's a real shame. He had a great career. I don't know if just finally too many knee injuries have caught up but he hasn't had a double-digit point week in a couple months, and I don't see it improving a whole lot for him. So the other quarterback yeah. I'm willing to take some of shares on is Trevor Harris versus the second-worst defense in the league in Ottawa, who allows 9.2 yards per attempt along with 26 total touchdowns to this point. Trevor had a 341-yard and two-passing touchdown game earlier this season versus Ottawa, and that was with Dom Davis vulturing three more touchdowns himself in that game. So Montreal certainly has shown the capacity to score on Ottawa, as has everybody else in the CFL. Um, simple stacks with Trevor and Gino, I think, are a simple idea, good and straightforward to build around. You can add in some white stacks there, or even doubles with Gino and white, those are probably going to be lower-owned option. Um, Arbuckle, as we mentioned, is probably the third best value at the position. But as I mentioned, if he couldn't do it versus Edmonton, he's dead to me. And, well, he's dead to me. Because La Police probably is the most overrated offensive genius in the league at this point. <laughs> His system is embarrassingly inefficient and unsuccessful. And I don't know what more you need to say about it. It's probably not worth putting shares and wasting money on Ottawa players at this point. You're welcome to go down that road if you want. The numbers say it's not a terrible decision, but I'll never go back there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, at first glance, I was like, oh man, Claris, like, he is, seems like going to do well. They're favored, but. People uh, yeah, love playing Zach Kolaros. It's really they funny. They do. Right? Like. It, the amazing thing is league MVP and completely fantasy irrelevant. Like his ceiling, yeah. his ceiling is absolutely 20 points. I don't think he's yeah. cracked 20 points more than once or twice in his two years of great success in Winnipeg. They're just not interested, right? And that's fine. Yeah. He does his job. He does it well. But from a fantasy perspective, it is amazing to me every week that Zach Caleros is 20% owned. Because mm-hmm. there's no ceiling there to be had. And especially this week versus Saskatchewan. Like, for all that Saskatchewan has been bad at, their defense continues to create a lot of pressure and is happy to chew your ankles off. Right? They yeah. will come in and they will grind and they will make it difficult for Winnipeg, even if I'm pretty sure Winnipeg is going to win without too much trouble. So, yeah, I, I couldn't be less interested in Zach Caleros. Of all the quarterbacks on the slate, 
he's probably the one that I would have absolutely zero shares of of 150 lineups if I was going into this weekend and could play a full MME slate. Yeah, which is, I totally agree with you. And it's just interesting because you think Winnipeg, uh, the most dominant team in the CFL this mm-hmm. season, the last couple of years, uh, obviously he wins, he gets points. Uh, but yeah, and then we didn't go through it, but even with the implied team totals, like Winnipeg is in the bottom half of the implied, like they're favored and they're, they're fifth on the list at 24 points implied team total. So yeah, they're probably going to beat the riders, unfortunately, but he's not going to, like you said, he's not going to, they yeah. never blow the doors off. And if they do, exactly, it yeah. involves a backup quarterback running for three touchdowns. It's never, <laughs> yeah. right? Like always. And it's not yeah. even a joke. It's just the way that they play football. That's- so expecting 300 yards and three touchdowns from Zach Caleros to pay off a 10K salary just is never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. The, he's going to help them win the game. Maybe probably get them to the Grey Cup again this year, but... Uh, he's not going to win you much money, that's for sure. This is a big for sure. Um, um, running back. You kind of touched on Kerry uh, when you were talking about Meyer. Um, you know, is he, because he's versing the Elks, is he kind of, I see he's the most expensive. Yeah. He, he was the only. No, he's ex- the second most. <laughs> yeah. He was the only expensive player I was excited to play on the slate, and now he might not play. So (laughs) we'll have to see. He'd be the clear top play at the running back position on the slate versus Edmonton, given they've given up 20 rushing touchdowns to this point. But he was limited in practice early this week with an ankle injury coming off the hamstring injuries that made him miss three games earlier. If he's out, then it'll be some combination of Dedrick Mills and Peyton Logan that could be solid values. But we won't know until after lock on those guys because there's no way that Calgary yeah. is letting people know ahead of time. So if you're playing a Calgary running back, just be prepared to swap it out to who's actually going to play because we won't really have any clue until we get there. So as mentioned, Edmonton has allowed 20 rushing touchdowns so far and are just playing awful at football. So play the Calgary <laughs> running back, whoever it is. We just won't know it is. Um, after that, mm-hmm. in the projections, it is Don Jackson at 10K. So we'll just move on because that's absurd. <laughs> um, that leaves us to Hickson at 4,800 versus Winnipeg. And it's not a good matchup, but if you were playing 10K Morrow earlier this season, you have to be willing to play a 4K Hickson. He showed that yeah. he certainly has a ceiling versus BC last week. And BC is actually one of the better defenses in the league. Um, the yeah. other cheap options might include guys like $3,300 McRae, assuming he continues to start at slot back for Winnipeg, um, or the potentially dangerous to your winnings Toronto omelet at $5,000. Um, Leak hasn't practiced yet this week for Toronto. He looks quite injured. So the lack of success isn't really a running back problem per se in Toronto. It's scheme and blocking and everything else they've got going on. Um, they only get kind of six to eight carries out of the running back spot since Andrew Harris left the lineup and they only get two or three yards per carry. So paying up for a Toronto running back, you have to hope they're going to get four or five receptions like Willette did earlier on this season when he got a start. Um, if it's just him in the backfield and Leak is out, then I think Willette's in play. If Leak's in the lineup, then I will have none of that. So Ham is mm-hmm. also a pretty brutal matchup, so buyer beware. Uh, the other thing to keep an eye on out of Winnipeg with McRae 
is just knowing who their actual running back might happen to be. Because I think there was rumors on the internet that Brady Oliveira was absolutely toast after this last game and could miss multiple games. If that's the case, hmm. then maybe McCray moves to running back from slot back, or maybe it's finally Johnny Augustine's turn. Um, he had, I think, maybe his only start of his career in a Labor Day Classic back a couple of years ago in Saskatchewan. So he certainly would come in at a great price in that 2-3K range. And if he gets the full load at running back, then that again is another guy that you're probably going to use a bunch of. So all the running backs mm -hmm. this week that you could potentially be interested in are in that 3 or 4K range or less. As we mentioned, that leaves a lot of money left to pay for other positions that also don't have anybody expensive worth paying for. Um, you could play one of the Montreal running backs in that mid-tier price range around 6K versus Ottawa, but they've basically done the Toronto trick where they split it pretty evenly between whichever two of Antwi, Fletcher, and Feaster they choose to dress, and they're all overpriced. Ottawa's very vulnerable on the ground, but Montreal isn't interested in running. So I will just take a pass on those Montreal tandem of running backs. Um, there's just not enough volume to make them worth playing. Yeah. Man, like just looking at, at DraftKings, like Morrow, Harris, Powell, Standback, Wilder Jr. Like what a difference this season would be if, you know, those four out of those five guys were playing. Like, yes, Harris might be a little dusty for sure, but a little I mean, dusty. those other four guys... Man, the crypt, <laughs> the crypt keeper wish he looked that good, right? Like it's struggling, struggling. Yeah. Whereas, like the other, like those four guys, man, that like it would make for a lot more exciting, maybe less chaotic football kind of thing. But man, injuries just the worst. Um, wide receiver. I don't think. Yeah, well, I think injuries are always an issue as we're about halfway through the season right now, but certainly not as much of a concern. Um, I, like you said, Lawler is out. That news came out here a day or two ago here in Edmonton. So the only option for Edmonton is, is toast. Um, so wide receiver, who do you like? Once again, <laughs> a wide receiver, given all the quarterbacks are terrible, basically the wide receivers, especially now that Lawler is out a month or so are kind of terrible too. So Gino. Yeah. I can't score a touchdown and get 100 yards in the same game. Lewis projects at the top <laughs> of all the wide receiver options by quite a ways. Um, but again, he has not yet scored a touchdown and had 100 yards in a single game this season, although he has had either a touchdown or 100 yards in every game this season. So he is reliable, mm. and the ceiling should be there. It just hasn't flashed at all yet. Um, as noted, yeah. Ottawa is notably terrible at football, and Gino is good at football. 11K is a lot of money to spend on a guy who has yet to score a touchdown and have 100 yards in the same game. But, as we mentioned, there's money everywhere. So you may as well everywhere. pay up for a whole lot of Gino. Um, there's nobody better available at the position. Ottawa concedes the second most yards per target and third most touchdowns per target in the league. The issue is that Montreal gives all their touchdowns to their backup quarterback to make sure that salaries don't go through the roof for their players because the owner clearly wants to unload the team. Um, so yeah, we'll just blame it on, we'll blame Dom Davis's success on backhanded ways of keeping salaries down. We feel bad for you, yeah. Gino. 
Um, next in line is the Hamilton duo of Tim White and Stephen Dunbar. What's amazing is they always project both in the top five, but never both have a good game in the same game because Dane is Dane. So it's hard to believe that either one of them are a great play, but it's chances are one of them will break the slate. Um, they're both priced right around $9,000. Take your pick, flip a coin, whatever you want to do. Um, generally Dunbar has been a little bit more of Dane's guy where Tim White was a little bit more with Schiltz. Dane is clearly going to be the guy as Schiltz is injured. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, pick your poison with either of those Hamilton receivers. Uh, the surprising top four wide receiver in the projections this week is Dylan Mitchell from Edmonton. Uh, Yeah. At 2,700. What do you say? Edmonton is awful. And yes, they are. (laughs) But they also just lost eight and a half targets a game that Kenny Lawler produced for them. And Mitchell also gets the full return work for them. So he had 10 fantasy Hmm. points last week and now should see an increased opportunity in targets. We have him project somewhat moderately at five targets and the full return work. And he projects for just under 14 points right now. Um, Given Calgary expects to score a lot of touchdowns, that means a lot of Mitchell return work. And given there is no Kenny (laughs) Lawler, that's eight and a half targets to go around somewhere and everyone else there is toast. So Dylan Mitchell is kind of the great athletic player they've got left on offense. Um, I think that he is certainly worth a play at 2,700. All he needs to do is probably one catch for 20 yards and his return work and he's produced a 4X day for you. So yeah, Dylan Mitchell is going to be the top value on the slate. Um, The rest (laughs) of the top 10 receivers are Nick Dembski, given Ellingson continues to be out, Jalen Acklin, Malik Henry, Dalton Schoenenfraud, Pappy White at 4K, and the animated corpse of Darrell Walker, who will be forced <laughs> to roam the earth in search of targets for all eternity, now that both Manny and Lawler are done. Um, it's quite amazing to see how far Darrell Walker has fallen down, but given <laughs> there's no one left to throw to, he will probably get seven or eight targets this week. Um, other than yeah. that, it's pretty hard to get excited about anyone else. Toronto never scores wide receiver touchdowns. Saskatchewan faces Winnipeg and all their good receivers are 9K, which is ridiculous. And Ottawa yeah. doesn't deserve to field a football team. So I think that that probably does it for the wide receiver position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great in, info on the Mitchell. Um, Dylan Mitchell, 2,700 bucks. That's great value and makes a ton of sense and this is the kind of information that you the listener come to get is these little nuggets of gold information the dozens of our listeners that show up every week to hear that dylan mitchell is the guy they should be excited about on labor day weekend (laughs) what a broken life we offer to them jared (laughs) (laughs) you know we, we could have played a little PGA on the PlayStation together, but no, we're sharing this, these nuggets of gold. The Dylan Mitchell fan club. (laughs) Yeah. Jerseys are on sale now. Oh yes. Finally, the defense. Levi Lewis signed in Saskatchewan this week. And to our dozens of listeners, they say, Ben, who the heck's Levi Lewis? Well, to you, he's nobody, but to me, He's a man who's made me a lot of money in college fantasy football over the last few years for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. And I'll tell you, Ryder fans, be excited for the Levi Lewis era. I don't know when it'll start, but that kid is rocket fuel with a laser rocket arm. 
who has touch on the deep ball, who can run as good as anybody in this league, and absolutely is an amazing get for them. When I saw him on the neg list in the offseason, I thought, ah, it can't possibly be. It'll never happen. <laughs> and then he got cut yeah. in the preseason, and he came straight up here to Canada. And I would doubt he sees the field this year. There will be a lot of learning to do to figure out the big field and the waggle and all this stuff. But sometime in the next three years, Levi Lewis will be the starting quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it will be a glorious era. I called it now. Really? Was he undrafted uh, in the NFL? It, no, he was drafted late rounds. But uh, okay. yeah, no, he's a, he is a very talented young man. So I'm excited to see him in a green and white jersey. Have, have you ordered yours already? I have not. I don't know what the number is going to be yet. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. I, you were the first to get the new Duke Williams jersey, so. Yeah, maybe the only number 14 Duke Williams jersey in the province because he changed his number to five in the off season. So anybody who got a Duke jersey this year was five. But yeah, no, somebody moved in next door here this week and I thought, could it have been Levi? It's not. It's much more disappointing. <laughs> so to whoever you are next door, like you've disappointed me already. It's not your fault, but uh, yeah. Let's good make, luck, Levi. Let's not make this a habit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the okay, DS, uh, yeah, on the defense special defense. teams front, Toronto yeah, yeah, this week faces Hamilton yet again, and in their three matches versus Hamilton, have scored twenty, nineteen, and four DraftKings points. So yes, they are facing them for a fourth time in five weeks because the CFL is a very professional league. Um, any defense facing Dane has to be the top option regardless of salary as he averages like three turnovers a game and multiple sacks. They're also likely to be the top owned option on the slate as a result of it. So if you're playing Toronto, probably everyone else is too. It's a pretty easy get. Um, after Toronto, Winnipeg, I think, is another great option given the matchup with Saskatchewan who gave up, I think, seven sacks to BC last week, even in the victory. I'm far from convinced anything is actually fixed with the Rough Riders following that win over a BC team minus work. The Bombers defense should get multiple sacks and a few turnovers from Cody at the Labor Day Classic and should be much lower owned than Toronto given the salary and the matchup that's involved. And finally, give me some stamps defense versus the totally hapless Elks on Monday. Cornelius is still a turnover machine and a sack machine and they have no more weapons left. Um, the blowout potential also helps on the scoring for fantasy points as 12.5 point favorites. So I think those are probably the three defenses that I'll have in my player pool this week. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Makes sense. For sure. Um, so there you go. There's DraftKing lineups. Hopefully you guys we can uh, uh, build some winning lineups with that. Uh, before we end off, any I know there's been some trades this week. Uh, obviously kind of the big one is Vernon Adams going west to BC. Um, what was your kind of gut reaction to that move? <laughs> My, the funniest reaction that I heard was a, uh, who was it? Somebody on TSN, Milt Stiegel said, I oh, don't yeah. know what this is supposed to tell Michael O'Connor. Are they not confident in him anymore? And I thought, oh, heck no, they're not confident in Michael O'Connor. He's not good at football, <laughs> right? Like. The the amount of press they have to give the kid because he's Canadian when we haven't had a good Canadian quarterback other than Rourke in a century, like it's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, they are showing they have no confidence in Michael O'Connor, and that's okay because nobody should. 
This is a significant <laughs> upgrade for BC at the quarterback position. He's not Nathan Rourke. He's not close, right? Vernon Adams yeah. is not. He's a very, very poor man's Nathan Rourke. But he does have the laser rocket arm. He does have crazy wheels. He can make some plays happen and certainly is a massive upgrade over anybody else that they'd toss out there at quarterback for the rest of the season. So, yeah, they are a much yeah. diminished offense, even with Vernon Adams out there. But he does have the arm and the capacity to extend plays with his legs that they will at least be a contender again and not just mm-hmm. a total pushover. It would be a real shame for them to start 8-1 and one and finish the season 1-8 and eight and then wind up a 500 team. They deserve better than that. And I think Vernon Adams should yeah. make them at least 500 in the second half of the season and be able to get maybe even a chance at a home playoff game still. So, yeah, here's to Vernon Adams and all good luck in BC. I hope it goes great for him and he does give a little bit of life to Lions fans going into the second half of the season at least. I thought it was a great move for the Lions and I thought it was a great move for Adams because I think he's a great, he's a fun player. He's, you know, good player. Like, in a, especially in a league right now, so desperate for good quarterback play. Or at least like, even a, just entertaining quarterback play. Entertain yeah. me. Be interesting, yeah. right? And he I, is chaos on money. legs, but he is interesting, right? So, yeah, yeah, I am I am excited to be interested again. It's a wonderful thing. And to be able yeah. to get him for a box of sock tape is really Basically. quite impressive in the uh, trade there. So good on you, BC. Yeah. I hope this works out for you. Yeah, Absolutely. I hope it makes for a great second half of the season. So uh, there you go. There is this week's show, getting you guys ready for week 13, Labor Day Classic weekend of the CFL football. Um, yeah, I, there's lots of football now moving forward. We've got CFL, we've got college, we've got NFL. So you guys will definitely get your football fix, as I know Ben and I certainly will be. But, um, yeah, that's about it. Ben, I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you too, Jared. Good luck and hooray chaos. Hooray chaos?